Hey, we are in a series called Walk This Way, and uh, we're actually going to conclude that series uh, this weekend. And if you are brand new to Shine Church, uh, we just want you to sit back and enjoy what, what God has for you. But I want to give you a little bit of an explanation of what we've been doing through this series. Um, we have tried to bring out some very practical ways like prayer and like generosity. And last week we talked about encouragement. But trying to bring out very practical things that we believe that God has put into his word for us to actually walk out on a day in and day out basis. And we have asked you to take these uh, messages that we've taught and then actually apply them to your week. And so last week I spoke about encouragement and the fact that um, God has anointed us, which if you look that word up, it means that uh, God has given us something that he is trying to pull out of us. They're each one of us. Every single person in this room has been created with a purpose and a plan. Amen? Amen. All right. And so because of that, one of the things that that anointing means is that God had wants to pull out that purpose and plan out of each and every one of us. And then in turn, what we are to do is interact with one another and encourage one another. And again, if you look up that Greek word of encouragement, it actually means to come close to and pull out. That's what encouragement means in the Greek, if you pull it apart. So you come close to somebody and you pull out of them. What are you pulling out of them? Well, hopefully you're pulling out of them the gifting that God put into them. You're seeing something that they have, and you're saying, hey, I want to call that out of you. And encouragement looks and has many different forms, and, and it's not always just you know, telling somebody that you like the shirt that they're wearing and the shoes, the shoes that they have on. Um, it can be a multitude of things. Maybe while somebody's grieving, it's just coming alongside of them and telling them that they have a friend at that time. I, it, it's just different aspects of being able to pull out and help them to understand that God has created them, and you see that in them and pulling that out. Yes? Okay, so we encourage you this week um, to practice this. As a matter of fact, I believe on Sunday I said, can you imagine what it would look like if a church, not just Shine, but how about the Capital C Church, what if we got so good at encouraging that it became our second nature and it wasn't something that we had to do like once a day or something, but we just automatically flowed from our words and from our acts this act of encouragement. What would the world look like if the entire church, that's all they did was encourage? Man, it would be a different place, wouldn't it? But unfortunately, we've got caught up into all of the negative um, hysteria of all the different issues. And, and to be quite honest with you, many people in the Capital C Church are just actually responding in the same way that a lot of the people in the world are doing, trying to fight back. And I get it. They're trying to defend their, uh, their Lord and Savior, and I, I totally get that. But what if instead of going at it from the negative aspect or saying, you're wrong, you're, what if we just come alongside one another and encourage everything that is good in each one of us? What, what kind of world would we live in? It would be crazy, right? It would, it would, I can't even imagine how great it would be. Um, but we have the ability to do that. So I'm going to, um, again, if you're new here, one of the things that we do is um, we kind of are going to look back at last week, that message, and I'm going to give an opportunity for some testimonies. And so we're going to pass the microphone here in just a minute, and I'm going to ask this simple question. Um, were you able to encourage somebody, and what did that look like, and how did, it, how did that play out? Or maybe did somebody encourage you, and, and what did that mean to you, and how did that make you feel? Um, and so um, as I tell my story uh, about this, I just want you to be processing and ask the Holy Spirit, is there anything that you, that he wants you to share? Um, I will begin. 
um, for just so that you understand where we're at as leaders on this is as we've been teaching these messages, we've been asking the Lord to use us in these things. So when it, come, when it came to the message on generosity, I was praying all week, God, you know, how do you want me to be generous? And, you know, and for a lot of these, I've had to be very intentional about, okay, I got to keep a focus on this, got to keep on the focus, because uh, I'm sure I'm a lot like all of you guys, my week goes by super fast. We get done with church, and then all of a sudden it's Wednesday, uh, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was supposed to be generous this week, I, you know, and, and it's so quick to, to go through, and so it's, it's Sometimes it's even for, for us as leaders who are teaching this and encouraging you to do this, it, it's difficult for us to do it in a day-to-day -day basis throughout our week. This, this last message, though, on encouragement, um, I got about 30 minutes from church service, and God provided an opportunity immediately. And so I just wanted to share this with you. Um, one, uh, just hopefully it's a testimony of uh, just encouraging to you, but number two, so that you can pray uh, for this particular family. family. <clears throat> Last week, I shared that God was convicting me of being very available to the family next door to me. It's an older uh, couple, a little bit grumpy, um, I, you know, and I feel like the Lord was really pinpointing them uh, on my heart, and I shared that with all of you and asked you to pray for them. Uh, he has been diagnosed with uh, onset or early signs of dementia, um, and so it's been progressing pretty rapidly, and so I asked you guys to pray for that family. Well, Kim and I were supposed to have lunch last Sunday, and the couple that we were having lunch with had to move it to dinner, so we ended up going home. And so we stopped by Safeway, got some um, chicken wings, and then went to the house, and we pulled into our cul-de-sac, and in our cul-de-sac was a fire truck, an ambulance, and two cop cars. And it was like, holy cow, what is going on here? And I pull up into your driveway, and as we're pulling up to the driveway, I see my neighbors that I feel like God has told me to be available for. Um, the gentleman is on the front patio with cops surrounding him. And the wife, Chris, is actually between her house and the next house over, sitting on the rocks, and she's weeping. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, and, and just to be completely transparent and open with you, uh, we pulled into our garage, and I found myself thinking, I could just go in and eat my chicken. <laughs> Anybody else? I, there's that real temptation. And I was like, well, I told the entire church I've been praying that God would use me. And I can't let, let them down, right? <laughs> uh, so obviously, we, we, I stepped around the car. We put the chicken. We didn't even go into our house. Put the chicken on the, on the car next to us, and we went over. The cops were talking to the gentleman, Eric. And so I, Kim and I just went and spoke with Chris, the wife. And she's just weeping, and she's just crying. And um, what had happened is they had had a great morning. Actually, they've had a great couple weeks. And they went to the Castle Rock Art Fair that was here last weekend, and they had walked around that, and um, they got back from the art fair, um, and she was um, making him lunch, and he had a dementia episode, and forgot who he was, who she was, where he was at, and he just started freaking out. Um, and a series of events took place where it got to so bad that she actually called her son, and her son was called 911, and so she had to call 911, and... Um, the cops came out and separated them, obviously, and he just didn't know what was going on. He didn't know who he was, um, all of those things. And so we're talking to this woman who's been married to this man for 45 years, and she's heartbroken. She's like, in all of our marriage, uh, he has never done as much as even pinch me, but 
I saw a moment in his eyes where I didn't recognize this man. Um, and clearly he didn't recognize her because of what was going on. And so um, we just tried to encourage her, just sit by her, um, let her know that that's not her husband. Um, that we live in a fallen world, that this disease um, has has obviously caused an issue here. Just tried to, and she kept saying, I know, I know, I know. Um, they took him to the hospital, um, and at that point, then she was allowed to go back into the house, and so we went into the house with her and just, again, tried to just continue to encourage her, and we asked her if we could pray for her. Now, I... Again, I have no idea where they are. I don't know what they believe about God or anything like this. And I was just like, hey, can we pray for you? And she was like, please, please pray for us. And so we were able to put our hands on her shoulders and just pray for her and ask for peace and comfort. Um, I gave her my phone number, and, and then we went back to go eat our cold chicken. <laughs> um, went and ate that, and I was like, you know what? I don't have her number. So I went back to knock on the door to get her number. Knocked on the door, and she came out, and she's like, yeah. And I was like, can I get your number? She's like, sure. And of course, you know, she just started tearing again, just with me just even being there. And as I um, um, just was asking the Lord, okay, use me right now, um, I, she was like, would you, thank you. She said, thank you so much for praying for me. Would you, um, would you keep praying? And I was like, oh, Chris, of course. Of course we'll keep praying. Um, and she's just like, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. And talked about getting her son involved and all that. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit told me, hey, just remind her that we live in earthen tents that are temporary. So I looked at her and I said, Chris, hey, this is going to be really easy for me to say, but maybe a little bit more difficult for you to receive. But Chris, we live in, we live in temporary earthen tents. And I believe with all of my heart that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us and that your husband, this is just, this is a very temporary disease that is attacking him. And you know what? We're going to have an eternal life where we don't have to deal with any of that. And she smiled and she's like, oh, that is, that is so good. You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. And then she goes, but Dan, I don't feel like love. God loves me. And then she begins to proceed to tell me different circumstances in her life that would make her to think that. And I just, I said, you know what, Chris, I totally understand and I get it. And I said, but I just want you to know, we live in a fallen world and I believe we have an enemy that really hates the fact that God created you and I. And so therefore, have you ever thought that instead of blaming God or questioning the love that he has for you, how about you blame the enemy for stirring some of this stuff up and put the blame on him and realize that God absolutely loves you but we live in a fallen world. And you guys, you should have seen the light bulb that went on. I, I can't explain. Her countenance changed, big smile on her face, and she goes, Dan, I've never thought of it that way. And I was like, well, think about it that way. <laughs> Just take that. And so it was so great because I felt like through a word of encouragement, again, I pulled something out of her that, she had never thought of. She never knew. And I, I'm praying and hoping that that is the strength that gets her through this time. He's been able to come back home. Uh, they, they did some med, medic, medicine stuff, uh, but we're going to keep an eye on them. Let's keep praying for that family. But again, just it, it didn't get 30 minutes outside of church. And God gave, us, gave me an opportunity, gave Kim and I an opportunity to, to practice 
practice this. So, all right, somebody else. Somebody that, now, here's the, that, that's a really cool story, I realize. And so now when I say, hey, somebody else share a word of encouragement, you're like, holy cow, not after that. Um, listen, encouragement comes in many different um, ways. And so uh, were you able to encourage somebody or did somebody encourage you that, that you would like to share just a quick testimony? And remember, please state your name just so everybody knows. Hi, I'm Rosie. Um, my story is not even close as a grand as that story. <laughs> but um, so I have this uh, workmate, and um, she is really super smart and everything. She does her job really well, and she helps me. To, you know, and no one else is around. I ask her questions, and I just was trying to get to know her a little bit. And she kind of, I don't know, a lot of people are like, no, I don't want to get to know you. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I don't know how, but I got out of her that her favorite candy was cinnamon bears. And so I was like, oh, those are good, you know, and the thing. We were just talking, you know, and yeah. I finally got some stuff out of her. And um, so I went to Safeway that day, <laughs> and I saw those little, they're little, like little things, yeah. a little plastic thing of cinnamon bears. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get those for her. Perfect. And I put them on her desk. And, um, but she beat me to work that day. And uh, the next day, I, I'm like, look what I got for you. And she's like, Thank you very much. I love these. Like, I know you told me, and I just thought, you know, she goes, well, I have a friend who used to put them up on her computer screen. Like, this are, these are my minions, and she, and then whenever she did something good, she'd eat one, and then, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's and so funny. I was like, are you going to do that? She goes, no. And I, she goes, I'll give you a couple, and then she didn't. She ate the whole thing, and I was like, dang, I just wanted two, you know. But anyway. That's uh, amazing. And, and that was like, that just like opened her up. I don't know. That's perfect. It's kind of encouraging. Well done. I love it. That's great. It opens her heart to a relationship with you where, like you said, a lot of other people maybe not interacting that way. Great job. Well done. Somebody else. Okay. So, um, I want to encourage you. Um, we're going to shift into the teaching now on hospitality. Um, and my, I'm going to pray in just a second. I, my, my hope and my prayer is that, um, that we, would, we would ask the Holy Spirit, um, how do I practically put this into place in, in our life on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, and so let's just pray and we'll jump into the message and move into today. We're going to be talking about hospitality. And like I said, this is the last message in this series. So Heavenly Father, we come to you right now and we thank you. We thank you for words of encouragement. We thank you for the fact that you've anointed us, that you're pulling out of us a purpose and a plan. Um, that you created us for. And now, Lord, I pray that you would, would just plant inside of us um, what you want us to understand in regards to hospitality. Um, and Lord, I pray that you would stir our hearts and our minds, that even as I'm communicating this message, that you would be pointing practical ways that we can apply uh, this very um, real element of our Christian walk into action and into um, taking place in our lives on a regular basis. And so, Lord, I pray that I would decrease right now, that you would increase in me, and that the words that I communicate come directly from uh, who you are. Uh, Lord, I pray that, that any thought that might be from my flesh, I would forget before I could even say it. But, Lord, use the words that do come from my mouth and speak to the hearts and the minds of everybody listening to me today. And so, Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. Everybody said amen. 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 Um, all right. So, hospitality. 
Um, it's very interesting. As I was studying this out, I actually found myself thinking um, that a majority of the elements of this series, so whether it be prayer or generosity or encouragement, or so many of the different things that we've talked about actually kind of get encompassed in hospitality. So for instance, um, it's very, very difficult, and I'll talk about this in a little bit to a greater detail, but it's very difficult to practice hospitality without prayer. Because you need to ask the Lord, who, who are the ones, who is the person or the family that I need to invite in and bring them in and close to my life? Um, and if we, if we don't involve the Lord in this, uh, we can go actually against, you know, some, we can get actually into some unhealthy areas. And so I, I just found that all of these practical tools that we've been talking about actually kind of fit into uh, practicing hospitality. Before I jump in, I, I think we need to define hospitality. So real quick, uh, you can just shout it out. When I say the word hospitality, what comes to mind? Okay. I'm sorry. Gracious. Oh, gracious. I like that. What did you guys say? Hotel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Giving. Feeding people. Kindness. Opening up your house, that's the one I was looking for. That's really good. I love it. What did you say? Serving. Serving. All of these are great. What? Being nice. Anybody struggle with being nice? (laughs) Don't raise your hand. I love it. Absolutely. Hey, all of these things make up what, you know, I think is a good understanding of hospitality, uh, but I want to actually define it. I think it's really important, and I do this, I'm sure you've seen this, but I do this quite often, is I will define a word. Um, because it's so important to understand what it means and what it is. Hospitality, if you go to uh, dictionary um, online, um, different variations of this, but basically it comes out to this. The friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. The friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. Okay, so that's, that's kind of what, if, if the world was looking into hospitality, that's kind of where they're going to get their definition. Um, we don't just go to the dictionary, but we go to the Bible. Um, and we pull open the Bible and actually look into, okay, so what does hospitality mean in the Bible? So um, you can do this at home. Go to BibleHub.com and look up the word hospitality. And you can actually see the different verses that it's used. You can click on that verse, and then there's a little Greek tab. You can click on the Greek tab, and it actually brings out the Greek word that we have translated into hospitality. Okay, Hospitality in the English comes from the Greek word uh, that is philonexia, philonexia. And it comes from two different words, actually. Philos, which is, which is a brotherly love, Philadelphia. Okay, uh, phileo, brotherly love. So it comes from um, that, that, that brotherly love friend and xenos, which means a stranger. So biblically, when you read the word hospitality, here's what I hope you will never forget. And that is this, that the biblical definition of hospitality is to have a love for strangers or loving strangers. And it's properly a warmth or a friendliness shown to strangers. Figuratively, the readiness to share generosity or hospitality by entertaining in one's home. That's actually a part of the definition of that Greek word hospitality. So when the people in the uh, New Testament times, when it, was, when it was written, when Jesus was around, when 
somebody shared the word hospitality, the picture they got is to actually bring strangers into their house and be incredibly friendly and loving to them. Um, don't have to answer this question, but just think about this. Um, in today's day and age, how are we doing with this? It's not very good. Um, there's certain people that kind of um, operate in this, absolutely, but a vast majority of people in this world, and we've, we've talked about this uh, a lot, but they come home, they shut their garage door before they even get out of their car. Um, there's, there's no bringing strangers into uh, one another's house. As a matter of fact, I think most people would recommend that you don't do that. <laughs> and yet, when the Bible speaks of hospitality, that's exactly the picture that they would have gotten. And so, just to clarify even more, you know back then they didn't have like a hundred restaurants within five miles that you could take people to. So when you wanted to interact with people, you had to bring them into your home. It was so common that Jesus himself, when he was walking, and I, you remember the, the, the story of Zacchaeus, the wee little man hiding in a tree, right? Um, Jesus says, hey, come out of there. And then he goes, I'm coming to your house. Uh, how would that go? If I just came up to you and said, hey, by the way, uh, Kim and I are coming to your house today, so I hope it's ready. Uh, I, I mean, we, we, that's kind of cringy, yes? There might be like 10% of us that really like that kind of thing, but the other 90% of us are like, mm, uh, no, you are not coming over my house. But back then, that was, that was common. So much so that Jesus did this all the time. I'm going to go eat at your house. I'm going to go eat at your house. He just kind of, they're like, um, okay, yeah, come on over. It was a different perspective and an understanding of hospitality than we have today. But I would submit or ask this question. Just because we live in a different culture and different society, does that change how we view, should that change how we view hospitality? And I would spit no. And so I'm going to read some scriptures that talk about it. And um, we're going to kind of uh, look into these things a little bit. Um, and then um, I'm going to share a little bit about what hospitality is. And then we'll have a little interaction. And, and then we'll get to eat a bunch of nachos. Okay? Um, I'm going to read three different sections of scripture. There's really basically five in the New Testament. There's five different areas where you can read uh, about hospitality. Two of them have to do with uh, an elder. So in Timothy, it talks about if you want to be an elder. In Titus, if you want to be a deacon. Um, and it says you have to be hospitable. Same word that we're going to look into. Uh, but it really has to do more in a leadership structure. And not to take you know any... Uh, credit away from that. I think it's very important, but I want to talk about the hospitality that I believe every single Christian should operate in, okay? And so I'm going to take this section of scripture. Uh, I'm going to read the verse that actually deals with hospitality, and then I'm going to read two or three verses before that to give you the context of it, because I found some very interesting things in regards to all three of these sections that speak to hospitality in regards to context. So look, we're going to start with Romans 12, verse 13. And that verse simply says this, practice hospitality. Practice hospitality. Share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Okay, what does the word practice mean? Doing it, doing it, over and over and over. Uh, okay, real quick, don't show your hands, you don't have to, but just self-investigate this. Are you practicing hospitality? 
Are you doing it over and over and over? Uh, give me something else. When you think of practice, what, what other things come to mind? Failure. Because if you're practicing something, it means you're probably not real good at it. I've gotten DJ into playing some golf. He's not in the room right now. Okay, good. Uh, I've gotten, I've kind of pulled him into playing some golf. He's not very good. <laughs> oh, no, shoot, 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 shoot. <laughs> Dang it. Dang it. Oh, man. Self-admittedly, he would say he's not very good. But he's got an itch in him where he's like, dude, I want, I want to start playing this. And so he's going to the driving range, and he's practicing. He's taking lessons. His kids uh, bought him some lessons, and so he's going to that. And I am watching somebody through practice starting to get better and better and better at something. And so I would submit that as I'm speaking about hospitality, I want you to know and believe with all of my heart that God isn't saying, I want you to be professional at this. I want you to practice it. Which means from time to time, you may have a weird and rough dinner or a strange lunch. Um, might, but that's okay because we're supposed to practice hospitality. Matter of fact, in the English Standard Version, it actually says that we are to seek to show. Seek to show hospitality. To me, this is, this is incredibly convicting, church, because basically what is being written by Paul in this to all of us is this. We are supposed to seek opportunities to be hospitable, to practice this. We're supposed to practice this on an ongoing basis. I know that my introverts in this room are starting to recoil like this. Um, Keep an open heart, please. Please keep an open heart. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you in regards to this as I, as I keep kind of unfolding this. Let's look at the context. I'm going to start in verse 9 of Romans. And in my Bible, before it gets to verse 9, there's a big black headline. It means that Paul didn't write it, but because, uh, you know, to help all of us understand things... Um, the people who have translated the Bible put little headers so that we kind of know, okay, here's what's coming. Um, in my Bible, in big black letters, it says, love in action. Love in action. I think every one of us know that we're supposed to love one another and love the people in our world. And this section then is how do you take your love and actually put it into action? And then we read this. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. If you want to follow along on the Bible version, um, it, the YouVersion Bible app, you can follow along. The scripture and the notes are in there. Um, so, and I don't know if you know this, but you can actually save those notes, so you can put it into your file for, for the future. But um, I want to look at this section of scripture again one more time. And here's the filter I want you to read it through. Which of these are things that we should do only once in a while, or, or how about this, 
Are any of these things listed here optional in the love in action? All right, so love must be sincere. Optional or not? Okay. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Optional or not? Be devoted to one another in love. Optional. Honor one another above yourselves. Optional. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Optional. Be joyful in hope. Optional. Patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Optional. Hospitality. Yes. I'm just going to be completely honest. I read through that and I'm like, oh yeah, I got to be that, got to be that, got to be that, got to be that hospitable. Mm, No, I don't want to do that so much. Yes? Can we just be honest? Maybe I'm being too transparent here. It's funny because we read through all of these things, love and action. I want to submit to you, hospitality is one of these things that we're supposed to be continually doing. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you on that. How about 1 Peter? I love it. I said this last week, but I'll say it again. I love it when Paul says something, and then either John or Peter basically echoes the same thing. It means we got two different teachers saying the same thing, which brings more authority to me. It gives me an understanding, hey, there's, there's something to this. And so Peter says, I'm going to go to verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 9, and it says this, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I'm going to read it again, and I'm just expecting a big amen out of this. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. A couple things on that verse. First off, okay, wait, Pastor Dan, I thought you said hospitality was was being friendly to strangers. Um, Peter clearly must not understand that because he is saying offer friendliness to strangers to one another without grumbling. And I wrestled with this because I was like, man, what does that that mean if we're supposed to be offering the friendliness to strangers? Why is he saying to one another? Um, What do you think? How do you reconcile that? Because there's people in the church that you don't know that would be considered strangers. I would be willing to bet that everybody in this room does not know everybody else in this room. Which makes us strangers. Could it be that Peter and Paul are trying to say, hey, inside of the family of of Christ, inside of Shine Church, there should be no strangers. Oh, see, that's good right there. You might not want to embrace that, but it's good. We are called by Peter in this to offer or to, to give the hospitality to each other until we get to a place where I walk into the room and no one in that room is a stranger to me. <laughs> My introverts, please stay with me. Please stay with me. Or just go ahead and get in the fetal position so we know where you're at. Just, uh, there's plenty of room. You can just crawl up and just listen to the rest of it like that. Let's read the context. First Peter 4. The end of all things is near. Interesting. Last week we talked about encouragement. And it says do these things as the end approaches. We all agree that the end is coming and it's getting closer and closer. The end of all things is near. 
Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sin. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. All right, the third one, Hebrews. I'm going to read two verses, but I'm going to start with verse 2. And verse 2 simply says this, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. Okay, a couple interesting things as I was studying this out. Um, If hospitality means friendliness to strangers, why in the world did the author of Hebrews, and we're not exactly sure who wrote Hebrews, but why in the world did he kind of repeat himself? Because if you read it and pull out the Greek, it means this. Do not forget to show friendliness to strangers to strangers. I would submit to you that it's because he really wants us to understand that this thing that he's asking you has to do with somebody you don't know. And it's really important. There's a double emphasis to it. We are to offer hospitality to strangers. And by doing so, some have entertained angels. Again, not a show of hands, but when was the last time you actually invited a stranger into your house? And we live in a world today where in my cul-de-sac, they're strangers. I mean, in my neighborhood, I, all I have to do is walk three houses down. I don't know that couple. I don't know that family. I don't know anything about them. I may have seen them shut their garage door real quick. But I don't know that. Hey, Holy Spirit, speak to us. <laughs> Ask him if this is something that we're supposed to do. What if, what if, what if? What if everybody at Shine Church embraced this and actually did this once a week? Can you imagine how many people in this city alone would would be known by you and be known by this church? And hopefully then we can apply all of the other things, the encouragement, the generosity, the prayer, and guess what? Start pulling things out of them, and who knows? Maybe even bring them to an understanding of the good news that you know. Simply by one invitation at a time. Let's read the context, Hebrews 13.1. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Then it goes, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, and it goes on. All right, as I was reading through these, I found a very interesting commonality between all three of these verses other than hospitality, obviously. Do you know what it is? Let me read through all three of them real fast again. Romans 12, 9. Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love. 1 Peter 4, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. Hebrews 13, 1, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. What's the commonality? Love. Again, it's the one thing that we know we're supposed to do, but how are you doing? I hope you're doing great. That's awesome. Love that. I love that. Was that you? Come on. You keep loving. You go. You go, Christine. Um, hey, here's the truth. I think many Christians struggle loving the people around them. And I would submit this. Maybe one of the reasons you're struggling giving the action of love or loving others 
is because you're not being hospitable. And maybe opening your heart to hospitality will actually open the ability to love the way that you desire to. Just, just something for thought. Pray about it. Ask the Lord if there's something there. Okay, so let's talk about what is hospitality. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start with a challenging word that's challenging for me. I think it's going to be challenging for everybody. As a matter of fact, I sent these notes to all my staff and said, please pray, because I, I think this might ruffle some feathers um, uh, in the fact of, oh, wow, that's, that's a challenge that I don't know if I want to do, that kind of thing. Um, here's, here's the challenging word. Hospitality has been broadly taught as a gift. As a matter of fact, if you take a gift assessment test, hospitality will be listed as one of the gifts. And you'll answer questions like, do you enjoy having people over at your house? Do you enjoy, um, you know, entertaining others? You know, and you're going to be like, yeah, I'm a five. Or you're like, I'm a zero. Right? It's usually on the gift assessment test. But as I studied it out, church, I cannot find any scriptural backing to this thought. If you can find it, please let me know. Maybe I missed something. Uh, please give me the, send me the scripture, send me the, send me the verse. But there are some very, um, there are some very particular scriptures that speak about the giftings of God that He gives us. Hospitality is not listed in any one of those sections. So, if that's the case, it seems to me that hospitality is more of an act that God wants all of us to partake in. Okay? Now, I get it. Some of us in this room just love it, and you flow in that naturally. And for others in this room, um, what I'm challenging you is to actually go, wow, okay, I can no longer use the gift excuse. Because here's what happens in a lot of church. Oh, I didn't test high in the gift of hospitality, so therefore I don't need to do it. <laughs> I just took that excuse away from you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe it'll make you get into your word and try to prove me wrong. Please do. But I can't find anywhere where it says the hospitality is a gift. Matter of fact, the closest would be 1 Peter 4, because right after verse 9, in verse 10, it says, uh, take the gift and exercise what the gift is. And, but the context, the verses before, only deal with hospitality, meaning maybe that's the gift that everybody has, or the, the gifts listed after that in context, hospitality is not listed. So hospitality, I believe, church, is something that we're all supposed to exercise. It's not a gift. And again, some are strong, some are weak, but just like in many things of God. Generosity, some are strong, some are weak. Prayer, some are strong, some are weak. Doesn't take away the, the fact that we're all supposed to do these things, yes? All right, so here's some more things about hospitality. We'll go through these quick and then a um, little interaction will be done. Um, hospitality, church, is sharing the presence of the Lord together with somebody else. Um, Marcus put it this way, hospitality must be relationship-based and not just entertainment. Okay, this is where the prayer part comes in because if you are entertaining people at your house but you're not asking the Lord who and how and what you're doing when you're doing that, then all you're doing is throwing a party. 
And I know a lot of people that have gone to party, to party, to party, to party, and they feel so alone. Because all they're doing is going into these entertainment sections, and there's no real depth to it. Remember, this is being friendly to a stranger so that that relationship can be built, not just to throw a party. And so you have to understand that when you offer or extend hospitality, you need to ask the Lord, okay, who and what am I going to do in this situation so that that you can practice the presence of the Lord together with that person, even if that person doesn't even know about God or the presence, okay? You're inviting God to direct you and lead you in those relationships, in that interaction. Hospitality. This, This came, this is, you know what? Our teaching team is just has so much wisdom. This, this comes from Janelle. Hospitality isn't just an open home. It's making a conscious decision to live with an open heart. It's not based on convenience. It's based on kingdom value. Man, I thought that was so good. It's not just an open home. It's, it's a conscious decision to have an open heart. And the truth is people have hurt us. Yes, Every single person in this room has been hurt by somebody, which then makes us hinder, or it, it creates this hinder, hindrance to offering hospitality. I want to challenge you, go out and risk it again. Go out and risk it again. Trust that God will protect you in stepping out in hospitality. Have that open heart. Understand that it's a kingdom mentality, and it's not, it's not, um, it, it, it's not necessarily going to be convenient for you. <laughs> Uh, Pastor DJ said this, hospitality breaks down the barriers that hinder relationships. As much as I would love in our three to five minute greeting time that you guys would go to the depths of who you are and really break away from that stranger and go, oh my gosh, I totally know this guy now in three to five minutes. It's just not going to happen. Now, there is a small percentage of people that don't mind just dumping everything that's going on in their life in that three minutes. How you doing? Well, let me tell you. And then, you know, and it's just, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what just happened. Okay. But on a regular basis, that doesn't happen in a three. We, we exchange pleasantries, but we don't get to down into anything deep. You know what it takes? It takes an hour and a half, two hours, three hours together talking about some pleasantries, talking about some things, and then letting it go deeper and deeper. And as we go deeper, the walls come down. And as we begin to trust one another, the walls start to break down. And then all of a sudden, those barriers break, and you can actually build relationship and help one another. You see what their weaknesses are and what you can help them with. You see what your weaknesses are and how they can help you. And those barriers start to break down. Hospitality opens the door to that happening. Hospitality, church, is one of the most demanding things that God has charged us to do in regards to our resource. We live in a time where our time is very valuable to every single one of us. As a matter of fact, I would submit to you that most people in this room, most people listening to me, would rather throw money at something than hospitality at it. Pastor Dan, are you saying that God is asking me on a regular basis to invite people over to my house to spend two to three hours with them? Yes. Can I just give $100 to somebody to do it? No. This is something that is going to be demanding on our resource. But here's my question to you. Is it what God is asking us to do or not? And if God is asking us to do it, 
then we have to understand, okay, I've got to make this a priority and I have to be willing to give the precious resource of time that I have and I have to be very on purpose on how to do it. And we have to be careful because if you don't set correct boundaries, you will absolutely get abused by it. <laughs> if you give hospitality to, to people that just run over you and don't create boundaries, then the, it becomes a harm to you. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. If you feel like God is asking all of us to do this, then what does that look like and how can you make that a priority? How do you put your resource to it? Just as if you wanted to buy a brand new car, you would make sure that you put money away so that you could buy that car. If you feel like God is calling you to do this, will you put time aside so you can do this? Hospitality is serving and enjoying the presence of God like we talked about. And we got talking about this. Um, and it's interesting because hospitality is super hard to do if your cup isn't full. Do you know what I mean? If there's not a whole, if you're not like full so you can give out, it's really difficult to do. So I want to encourage you. Hey, guess what? This, this word right here, get into it every day. Spend some time in prayer. Let God just dump a little bit into you. So that you can get filled up. So that when you practice hospitality, you have something to offer. But something very interesting happened in our conversation about this. Because we got to talk about it. And the opposite is true as well. And here is the opposite of that. I would submit to you, if you find yourself dry and completely empty, maybe invite somebody over. Because that might actually fill you up. Maybe the practice of hospitality... Um, you know, Pastor John, who I worked for in Jubilee, used to say, give out what you want. And so if you, maybe in a completely dry space, invite somebody to come over, maybe you could get filled up in that situation. Again, all predicated and based on prayer. Make sure you're praying. But maybe God would remind you that I just said this in a time of dryness and go against your fleshly nature, which is going to be like, dude, I don't want to see anybody right now. And go, hey, I'm going to invite somebody that I trust over. Somebody that, that I'm going to open my door. I'm going to be hospitable. And see what God does in that. There's scripture to this. Proverbs 11.25 says this, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I, I'm going to read that again. Whoever refreshes others, what's the word there? Will. Whoever refreshes others Let's try it again. Whoever refreshes others will. Will. It's, it's not like might be. It says whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. If you need to be refreshed, go refresh somebody else. Because the promise from God is you will be refreshed. Okay. I thought there would be a bigger amen to that. but okay. We'll move in. Last one. Um, hospitality. I believe, can be done partnering with other people. If, if you're a little apprehensive, maybe you haven't practiced this real much in your life, maybe get with another couple or another person in this church. Um, you know, one of the things that you can do that's super easy is if two of you are going to go out to lunch today, find somebody that's new to the church or that you don't know, invite them to lunch with you. Because I promise you, after that two-hour lunch, you will be much closer friends than strangers at that point. And you can practice that together. Um, don't go this, you don't have to go this alone, but let's interact together as a family. Let's practice hospitality. Let's, let's be friendly and loving to the strangers that are sitting in this room. Hey, in just a minute, we're going to have nachos. 
Don't just go hang out with the two people you know. Put yourself out there. Step out. Ask somebody their name. Ask them what they do. Where do they live? Start to interact over some jalapeno-topped cheese and black olive nachos. Getting anybody hungry? I don't know. All right. Um, I will finish by saying this. Um, as I was studying this, this was incredibly convicting to me. I'm just, I, I by no means have this down perfectly. Um, and it was very convicting to me and I'm challenging by the Holy Spirit that, oh man, maybe this is something I need to participate in, in interacting with. I need to practice more, if you will. Um, and so I, I realized there were some really, really aggressive, not aggressive, but challenging thoughts that I was bringing. So I shot DJ and Marcus a quick text and said, that, hey guys, I'm about to say this this weekend. Is there any reason you guys think I shouldn't say that? <laughs> Can you, and so to their credit, they, they scoured some things online and that kind of stuff. And it's funny because articles that they sent to me were articles that I had kind of read through. Um, and, you know, in, in regards to the gifting thing, like one article read, uh, said this. Though it doesn't say that hospitality is a gift, many people do agree that it is a gift upon, amongst believers. And I'm like, hold on, that doesn't make any sense at all. You can't have it not listed as a gift and then consider it a gift. I, so just articles like that we were challenging each other with. DJ sent one, and I thought this, uh, this article really sums up what I've been trying to communicate. Maybe I should have just read this, and we could have already been done eating nachos. I don't know. But um, it was an article by a lady named Kate Shungu. Um, it was titled, What is Hospitality? It was originally written January 8th of 2018. It was modified in September 2nd of 2021. And she writes this, Hospitality is an action. Reminds me of love in action. Hospitality is an action. And I would add that hospitality at its core is an attitude. It's an attitude of generosity. It says, you are welcome here. It anticipates the needs of guests or strangers. It makes someone want to stay a little longer. It makes someone want to come back again. It has the power to disarm people as they let their guard down and they settle in. It lets someone know that you care. You can show hospitality in your home, but you can extend it outside of the home too. Listen to this last line. Wherever you're not the new person, you can show it. You can show it. So church, my challenge this week is that you would open your heart, quite possibly your home, And allow the Lord to tell you who you're to open it to and practice hospitality this week. Now, here's, here's the truth. Just like with the encouragement thing when I asked for testimony, this week will get away from you very quick. And before you know it, it'll be Thursday. And then Saturday morning will come. And then by Sunday, you'll be like, I don't want to go to church because Dan's going to ask us to give testimony. And I didn't do anything. I, listen, if you feel like God is challenging us to do this, if this is a very practical way to walk this way, then would you allow the Holy Spirit to come in and, and challenge you in this particular area? And when I say that, it means you have to be intentional. Unless God drops something like he did for Kim and I last week, you have to be intentional to say, okay, who am I going to be hospitable to? Maybe it's a couple inviting somebody from your neighborhood. Maybe it's an individual inviting somebody to lunch. Um, I, whatever it is, would you 
would you challenge yourself to be to practice hospitality this week? All right. So quick interactive piece. Quick interactive piece real quick. And here's the two questions I'm going to ask. Um, what hinders us from practicing hospitality? What hinders us? Or you could answer this. What are practical ways to show hospitality? What hinders us from practicing this? Or what are some practical ways to practice this? Who will go first? Say your name so that everybody knows who you are as well. I am Maddie. Um, I feel like this is even just when it gets convicting for me is my husband and I have missions backgrounds. So we've been in other countries with other people. And I would say there's probably some who are like, oh, I don't want to open my home. My home's really small. I don't have a lot, whatever, right? And I think what's interesting is... Why do we see this so well from non-believers? So we're in other countries, and a lot of ministry is done door-to-door, home-to-home, right? So you go door-to-door and home-to-home, and how graciously and how joyfully other people are like, come in, come in, right? They have nothing. They have beans that their families went to eat that night, and then they're the ones that are like, come in. I'm going to cook this for you. We're there to tell them about Jesus, but they do it better than we would do. (laughs) Like, it's so convicting. The second story I have with that is literally about a week ago, I met one of my neighbors for the first time. She came out. I was taking the kids on a walk. She immediately, we get in conversation, and we're telling her, like, oh, yeah, well, we love living here. It's also super close to our church. We just became youth pastors. It's like three minutes down the road. And I, I said something about being youth pastors, and she immediately, you know, was like, oh, well, yeah, I don't, I don't really, like, have a faith, but I, I'm more, you know, she's trying to, like, defend her faith or what she believes, you know. And, and what I find so interesting is we just shared simply on, oh, well, we, you know, I really believe the Lord just wanted a relationship with you. She's like, oh, did something in her, and she, the first thing she does is she's like, you should come over sometime and have coffee or tea with me. So why is this being done by those who don't know Jesus so well, but we have a harder time with it, and I think there's a layer where it's like we need to get over ourselves, to be honest, and just invite. And I think when I've seen it done by those who don't even know the Lord and they're just freely opening their home, they're giving what they have, they don't know the Lord, but they're like, do you want to come over? And I'm like, I'm convicted. I think it's what I remember is everything we do is done unto the Lord. We're entertaining the host of hosts. And I think if those who don't even know the Lord can so graciously open their space their resources, their home. It does something in my heart where I'm like, we just don't have an excuse. That's like, good. we can open back and do it and be the city on a hill when we claim to know the Lord. So, yep. yeah. But two thoughts that came as you were saying that. First one is, um, I think even in the world, there are a certain group of people that just love to do this stuff. I mean, I mean just open their homes. They And um, just because they might not mentally know the Lord doesn't take away the calling and, and the thing that God has put in them. 
Um, and so they do a great job with that. The second thing that came to mind is I, I think as Christians, we, we kind of almost, we, all, we almost reverse psychology ourselves out of being able to do this because we feel like everything has to be in line. And the truth is, no, God just wants to use us in our brokenness to reach other broken people. And I hope you guys will remember that. Well, <laughs> my name is Karen, and I kind of forgot everything <laughs> listening to Maddie. You did such a good job. <laughs> but I, uh, I was going to say um, some of the reasons why I think we don't, or some people don't, is fear of rejection. And I think that's really big, just fear, um, stepping out there and, and worrying that, you know, they're going to say, no, I don't want to come over or something like yeah. that. Yeah. What was the second question? So it's what hinders us, and then what are ways to practice it? Oh, right, yeah. I've noticed that going through the neighborhood, um, if I wave at people and smile at them as I'm driving, then you start building up a little habit, and they see your car next time, and they're all ready to, and it's, you know, it's little baby steps, yes. but um, that yeah. works. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Let me speak to that rejection real quick, um, and I get it because it's a real thing, and we all struggle with it, totally understand that. But I would submit to you this. When I have become vulnerable and transparent to other people, for the most point, and I, there's rare instances when this doesn't happen, but for the most point, people pull me closer, not push me away. Um, I understand occasionally sometimes people will ridicule you away, but for the most part, when you're transparent and willing to open your home, most people aren't like, heck no. I, you know, there are a few that would say, but most people pull you, oh man, that's incredible. I would love to do that. And so just, I, I get it. There's hurts out there, but I'm challenging you. Stretch beyond the hurt. I got two. Go ahead. My name is Laura, and I would say something that, and, it, and it's hard, but just that being like willing and available piece um, is huge. And if you look at it from a mindset of, um, like, I'm just, I just want to make people feel welcome in my home because I think in our culture, we can get into the mentality of kind of what you were speaking to. Everything needs to be perfect or there's this expectation that it's kind of going to be this grandiose thing. But I mean, some of the, some of the best times that we've, we've had with people have literally just been pizza and paper plates yeah. You know, just yeah. even on our driveway or sometimes um, we will just have like we'll just come out to the front yard. We we hang out in the front yard a lot. And that a lot of times just draws people and people just walking by to even just have a conversation. Um, and so it, I think we have to get it out of our heads that it has to be this grandiose thing. Um, and we all have to eat. So sharing some sort of food to, food or snack together food is, is, good. is a great way to just make it feel just warm, welcoming, casual. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing that hinders us too is just that like being, being willing and, and vulnerable, like yeah. you were saying with the rejection, you yeah. know, because, um, and, and, and it doesn't have to, uh, and maybe some people you just do find that you naturally connect more with and, and something, you know, does build. And, and maybe it was just a, once or twice thing with people, but they still, I think, feel very, they feel seen and they feel yeah. noticed and cared for and, and wanted to, to be in the presence of, of us. And good. so, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Um, thought that came to my mind was somebody last night said that they knew somebody that um, did fajita Friday. And so everybody in their neighborhood knew that from five to seven o'clock on Friday, 
they were going to have fajitas, and you could come or not. And I thought, oh, what a great practical way to do that. So whether you do fajita Fridays or Taco Tuesdays or Sunday Sundays, whatever, first off, let me know because I want to come. Uh, but I mean, just establish something that could be su super simple. I mean, ice cream and, you know, sitting out on the front Anybody that wants ice cream, come on by. I just there's really practical, easy ways to do this, and it opens the door. Yeah, I'm, I had a story that I felt led to share. Um, What's your name? Uh, oh, Kyler. Oh, okay, Sorry okay. about that. Um, so, yeah, when I was in college, I was a part of a group called the Navigators, and um, over like a spring break, we decided to go down to uh, the Grand Canyon. So we took, we had. You know, all of our stuff packed up. We were ready to go. Um, and then we started to drive down. And we had this disaster happen right in the middle of Albuquerque where, like, one of the cars, like, crashed and burned. Not, not actually crashed, but just, like, it was gone. It was wiped out. Like, it had such a bad issue that we had to stay in Albuquerque for, like, four days to try and wait for this car to be fixed. Um, and I remember we get there and we're like, we're all a bunch of poor college students with no money. Uh, we have no idea what to do. Um, and what we did is we just started reaching out. We were like, hey, like, we know there's a Navigators here in um, Albuquerque. Like, let's try and reach out to one of them. So we reached out, and uh, somebody uh, ended up getting a hold of us and saying, hey, like, we're a part of the Navs. We don't know you, but we've got a large house. Like, you can come and crash here. We've got wow. some couches. We've got a bed. We've got a backyard to set up a tent in. Like, just come and crash here. And... Um, I thought about that and just kind of a thought came to mind. How cool would it be if, like, we didn't have to worry about hotels anymore because there was just this natural proclivity wow. of the church to, oh, somebody's here in town, they need a bed to stay. I have a guest bedroom. Or I have a backyard, come hang out. Or, heck, take my bed, I'll sleep on the couch. Like, be that inviting to just let people come and stay. That would be crazy. But what if, I mean, what if, I mean, if everybody in the Capital C Church actually would practice hospitality, we might be in a situation like that. And it actually reminds me of Jesus sending out the disciples, right, the 12 and then the 70 or 72, and, and going out, and um, he just said, hey, go into the city and just wait for somebody to invite you in. I, I mean, this was a practice, church. This was something that was done on a regular basis. We've gotten away from this. And I would submit that in getting away from it, we may have gotten away from something that's an incredible blessing from the Lord by getting away from hospitality. So, hey, uh, we're already at past an hour and a half, and so I, I know the nachos are probably just starting to melt out there. So um, I, I just want to encourage you, let's, let's get good at this. And again, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. And, um, and if you have any questions about it, please, please let me know. The real reason I gave this message is that Kim and I just haven't been invited out lately. <laughs> Uh, and we're, we're just super hoping that we get tons of invites. So totally kidding. Totally joking. Just thought I'd see if you were still listening. Hey, let's pray and we'll get out. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, just what you are doing inside of this church. And as we conclude this series, Lord, I pray that you would challenge us. Um, we don't have to do this just because it's the week that we talked about it. Lord, help us to be very prayerful, be filled with generosity, be filled with the other things that we've talked about. In particular, this week, I pray for hospitality. God, I pray that you would challenge us in this area, that you would help us to, to, to be um, good stewards of this area. Help us to realize that it's not just a certain group of people that have a gifting, but Lord, it's something that you've called all of us to. And so, Lord, I pray now that you would take over 
that where I was deficient, that you would fill in all the gaps and that by your Holy Spirit, you would speak to us in regards to this issue of hospitality. And so, Lord, we just thank you for that and ask that you would speak to us. We look forward to the testimony of what this is going to be as people extend their, their hospitality to their friends, neighbors, coworkers, family. And God, I pray that you would help us to do this well. Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. Amen.